Sacred Fire Awakening is powered by 22 Lions, a bookstore and independent publisher of original literary fiction and inspirational non-fiction, working in promoting books that can change the way you see the world, but also changing and creating better human beings. To know more, visit www.22lions.com. Hi and welcome. Today I'll be answering some questions that I received, generally speaking about education. One of the questions is, what can we do to have more patience with ignorant people? The other is, how can we better educate the next generation? our children namely, and doing this while living inside society as we see it. Starting with the first question, even though they are both related, in one case we have our personal sphere, in another one we have the social sphere, and they are both integrated. You see, when people walk outside, when they think about themselves, they tend to forget that they are inside society. And then what happens is that they become selfish and they ignore the rights of others. When this happens, they get problems in return that they never assume as their own. If people were not so selfish, if the vast majority was cooperating more for the common good, their life will be much easier. Because if everyone shares their own personal interest, their own information, their own motivation to change society, then society will give them back the same in return, because it's good, individual good, multiplied by everybody that we know in our community. So you see, most people see it wrong. When they think that survival or that life is about competing, and trying to put others down so that we get more, they don't see that they are all getting less. We could get much more if we were cooperating with one another. So how do you deal with ignorant people? Well, this is what ignorance basically is. There are different words that we have created along our different generations on this planet. To describe our behavior. Many words have disappeared because we don't use them anymore. It simply doesn't exist, the application for those words. So why do we use the word ignorant, stupid, obnoxious, rude? Because we see it a lot, so we need a word to describe what we see. But where is this coming from? Where are all these behaviors coming from? What do we describe as being ignorant? 
Well, ignorant is basically a person that does not know, does not read, does not care, and is misinformed. It's also a person that cannot process information and learn information. Because you see, sometimes the ignorant is the one thinking that he's smarter than the others. When somebody says to me, you don't know what is happening in the world, and I answer them, why do you say that? And they say, well, because I've seen in the news that this and this and this and this and that is happening. Many times what they describe me is false. And I know because I am informed enough. Sometimes what they describe me is totally illogical. So after half an hour of research, I can come to the truth and prove them wrong. And yet they think they are more informed than me. Because they believe that their source is correct. So you see, there are different types of ignorance. For a very poor person, a book has no value. He's not ignorant, he's just trying to survive. There are also people that choose to be ignorant because they associate intelligence and knowledge with confusion. They have been confused so many times by so many ignorant intellectuals that they learn to depreciate books. When I ask them, do you read books? They will say, I read some books in school. That's all. And then I ask them, and did you like those books? What kind of books there were? When they describe me, I can understand that the books were boring, sometimes too old, because we know we don't speak like Shakespeare anymore. So what this causes is a lack of motivation in people to learn. Because if from an early age they are demotivated, then they don't really have incentives to later in life when they have much less time available to actually read and search for books. This is something that a reader discovers by himself. And he discovers because he's curious. For the majority, they do not associate need with knowledge. They say, I need money, but they, don't, they do not want to learn how to make money. They say, I need a better uh, relationship, but they do not want to learn how to create one. They say, I need a better world, but they don't want to do anything for it. They say, I wish my life could change, but they are not learning anything that can make the change happen. And sometimes even say, I wish I had more friends. I wish I could get married. I wish I could have my own family but they are not doing absolutely anything for it. Now comes a more interesting um, spectrum of this reality, which is the one that they cannot see. Because you see, when people are too immersed in their own suffering, in their own ignorance, they cannot even see that the problems that they create return back at them. So when people fail, for example, in relationships, they always believe that the next one will be the one, that the next one is out there. 
that the real person that will love them is out there. They also believe when they fail in friendships that is never their fault. They believe that it's always other people's fault. So what we have here is ignorance associated with irresponsibility, but also um, a low level of conscience. Because indeed the ignorant does not have conscience of his own ignorance, and that is what makes him ignorant in the first place. What happens with the ignorant is that he cannot perceive his own responsibility. He cannot perceive the lack of knowledge that he has, and that is what makes him ignorant. Many times people ask me, how do you know so much? Well, I know because I have learned, because I have curiosity and I have the need to understand things. Many times I was criticized because I asked too many questions. How am I supposed to learn if I do not ask the questions? And then there is this perception in many countries around the world that the one who asks questions is the ignorant one. The one who does not does not is the smart one. And that is completely wrong. The most ignorant people I've met are also the most arrogant that I know. Their ignorance comes from arrogance. They believe they know enough. They believe that their values are good enough. And therefore they are trapped in a mindset that does not allow them to see their own mistakes. It's like one walking around the house, dropping a glass on the floor and saying the glass broke, therefore someone else did it, not me. That me part becomes separated from the ego. They separate responsibility from their own wants. So they say, I want this and somebody has to provide me. It's called entitlement. The ignorant have arrogance and too much belief in entitlement. This is what makes people ignorant. Dependence on the structure built by our ancestors. Because indeed, what we have today may not be good enough for us, but it's much better than it was. I wish 100 years ago people had access to internet and free books. I wish they had access to podcasts that they could listen every day to learn and grow. And yet, 100 years ago they were struggling even to go to school. There weren't so many libraries as we have today and so many bookstores. Indeed, we have come a long way to build a better society. And our society is not good enough yet. And the ignorant cannot see this. So how do you have more patience with ignorant? First step is by understanding them. And I'll just show you how. If you know why they are ignorant, what makes a person ignorant, you actually start to feel pity and compassion for them. Because you see, the ignorant will suffer consequences of his behaviors throughout his entire life without seeing it.
without seeing his causing his own misfortune. The ignorant will not grow, will not expand, will not get wiser, will not get richer, will not get happier, because it's arrogant. You will prey on others for all those things. The ignorant is more prone to commit crimes because of his belief in entitlement. If he believes that he's entitled to get things that he's not receiving, he can commit a crime more easily than anybody else to get it. That is what makes him ignorant. So the ignorant are often more punished by society, much more than anybody else that understands law, moral rights, and community rights. The ignorant is more prone to divorce, is more prone to be abused, and often the ignorant is abused by other ignorant people, because the ignorant understand each other very well. The ignorant is not like a person that knows more, therefore they feel more attracted to people that know less than them. And the ones that know less than them give them a sense of power, they feed their ego. Meanwhile, they have a worse state of mind, a lower conscience, so they can hurt even more the ignorant. So the more ignorant, the more pain. The more ignorant, the more egotism. The more egotism, the more betrayal. The more betrayal, the more crime. The more crime, the more lack of trust. The more lack of trust, the more lack of love, lack of happiness. So it's a downhill spiral. The ignorant are in a downhill spiral. And many people ask me, what could I have done? They tend to victimize themselves when cornered, when pushed with responsibility. And they say I had no chance in life. Well, that's not true. You always have a chance in life. You just ignore it. Many times you have many chances from life and you ignore every single one of them. I was ignorant in my life as well. I cannot say that I was lucky. I could have blamed my family, my background, the country where I was born, the city. Instead, I just felt sad with the whole situation. I was surrounded by ignorant people. But life gave me chances and I took each one of them and step by step those opportunities brought me to where I am today. Far from all that reality. So far that nobody that met me when I was a child will ever believe that I will even become a writer one day much less do podcasts, speak in public, or change the world. That change the world part will be completely out of their imagination. More than talking about UFOs. But I could not have done this alone. The first step were 
what I called earth angels. You know, the people that come to your life and they don't know who you are and um, they give you a chance to move out of your situation. And it doesn't matter how they are dressed or what they say, it only matters their intention. I don't even really care about their background. Again, what matters is their intention. And many of them were religious. That was my first step. To be among religious people that had good intentions. It doesn't matter what kind of book, what kind of religion it was. Because in fact I was with people that were coming from many different religions. Step by step, I actually accepted all my steps. I was with Christians, I was with Buddhists, I was with Hindus, I was with Scientologists, I was with Rosicrucians, with Freemasons. I accepted all my steps. I saw those steps as a blessing from God. At the same time, I was given opportunities. I was offered books. Some books were offered, others were suggested. And I started to buy those books. At that time, I did not have much money. But what I did was, I was working extra hours, having more part-time jobs, just to pay for the books. Many of the jobs I had was to pay for my books. I was spending more time, more money and more time uh, investing on the books than actually, uh, at some point, even studying for my college degree. I was spending more days of the week reading the books I bought than studying for exams. And I sacrificed even my grades. I sacrificed my hour of sleep. I was sleeping an average three to four hours a day. And I was welcoming all those sacrifices. Because you have to work with, with what is given to you. If you don't have enough time, then you give more time. If you don't have more enough money, you give more money. But you have to work with what is given to you. You cannot expect all your life to have something else. And that is what happened. And book by book, I built myself. Group by group, religion by religion, I built myself. At some point, one keyword connects to another and another, and I started to realize many things that I never even thought to be possible. I started to learn secrets about life that completely changed me. Sometimes people want me to share these secrets, but they will even laugh because they don't believe. They are so far away, so far away from reality, that they cannot even believe in the possibility. They will just ridicule. And yet I've applied things that most people on this planet will never know to be possible. To change my entire life. To change myself. To change my mind. And to change my personality. And there's nothing wrong with that because I've changed in the exact direction I wanted to go. I did not accept what was given from life. And that is wise. But you know where wisdom starts? It starts with a decision. 
you can decide that life is responsible for what happens to you or you are responsible for what happens to life. So to be ignorant is in fact to refuse responsibility. And nowadays there is something that I did not have when I was younger, which is thousands and thousands and thousands of books at the distance of our pocket. When a person opens the mobile to check for memes or friends' messages, they can as well choose to go on a bookstore and start reading free books that can make them better persons. That's how easy it is. They don't even need internet because nowadays you have many coffee shops with free Wi-Fi. That's how easy it is. So ignorance is more now than ever a choice. How do we deal with ignorant people? How can we have patience? We tell them. We tell them that they have a choice. And we let them choose. That's how we have patience with them. Every time they challenge our patience, we show them the choice. And uh, they will either respect us for that or run away. Either way, we will solve the problem. Because an ignorant cannot remain ignorant in the face of responsibility. If you push responsibility to a person, showing him the choices he has, then you are confronting him with his own lack of responsibility and the person will either accept or run away. Now we go to another stage here which is raising our own children. We usually put this stage before society but actually it's the opposite because children will always reflect what they see in society. So if we want to do the opposite, if we want to first focus on the children then on society we are doing it wrong, and that's why it's so difficult. We have to do the opposite. First we look at society, and then we look at the children. Because children copy the adults, they copy what they see. If you're not honest, children will see that, and they will copy it. And they will mimic you. In fact, they are very good at copying their parents. Many times better than their own parents. And children have wisdom as well. They have their own wisdom. So, we cannot disregard that. Children are always coming to us with questions about what they see, because they want to understand. We do our best when we explain to them. Better than that is when we give them the responsibility and the freedom that they will need as adults. So, we give them what we cannot give other people because we cannot protect them from society. Instead, we give them that. So we teach them how to find books, 
how to read. We teach them how to use a dictionary when they do not understand the word. We teach them that knowledge can be good, can be interesting. We show them that. We help them find books that can answer their questions. We teach them how to find those books. We take them to a library and we show them the different divisions of the library and where they can go. We don't just put children in a library reading children's books. No, we have to give them a chance to know more. We have to give them encyclopedias, we have to give them dictionaries. We have to guide them to more. Because they are capable. Nowadays they are bombarded all the time with a bunch of information. They have to learn how to process that. And that is the duty of the adult. an adult, is to help the child process the information. In his own wisdom, the child will be able to, to see it. So we don't have to really tell them what is right or wrong. They will see it. If they cannot see it, they will at least feel it. Many studies in the field of psychology have proven that children can be much more moral than adults. So you don't have to expect for a child to do a mistake for him to know what is a mistake. But he has to feel what is right and what is wrong. And the best way is to help the child develop empathy. You can tell them what would you feel if you were living in that situation. What would you feel if you were that person? What do you think that person is thinking? And whenever a child asks you a question, why is that person in the street begging for money? Why do people rob? Why do people kill? You can show the child how ignorance builds this up. And you can teach the child that there are different types of ignorance. There is the ignorance of the mind, there is the ignorance of the heart, and there is the ignorance of the spirit. And people suffer from different types of ignorance. And then you show the child how good it is to, to be a good person. And you teach the child about the wisdom of the mind, the wisdom of the heart, and the wisdom of the spirit. The wisdom of the mind, I've just explained, is related to taking the child to, to the library to help them study and read and learn more. The wisdom of the, the heart is teaching the child about how good we feel when we are giving back to society. And this includes, for example, telling the child to give money to a poor person in the street. And then the wisdom of the spirit regards benefits that the child may not ever know if you don't show. This spiritual aspect for some means taking the child to church or making them read spiritual books or study the Bible or any other religious book. But spirituality is basically life itself. So what is the difference between teaching the child about the heart or the mind or the spirit? The things of the spirit are very personal and yet they are related to our connection to the universe. When a child asks you to take 
him or her to the park to play. He's practicing actually that spirituality. He's asking you to practice with him. When a child wants to play, that is being spiritual. When a child wants to be with the animals, be with nature, that is being spiritual. So you see, it's not that difficult to teach the child about the spiritual aspect of life, the beauty in life. And you can teach these by taking them to activities in which they can explore all these things that I mentioned. It's even good for yourself. You know, it's a blessing to have a child, not just for the child itself, but for us. When you take your child to the park and you play with him or her or them, you are practicing your own spirituality as well. It is a way of being spiritual. When you share this love, you are being spiritual. You are even being more spiritual when you notice that your neighbor does not have time to take his child to the park and you take all the children together with you. You are being even more spiritual when you notice that your child wants to bring friends and you allow that. And you don't restrict yourself to your family only, but you expand to society. You are being a, you are being a very spiritual uh, mother or father when you are able to take care of not only your children, but the children of others as well. And this teaches a very important lesson to your children. It teaches them about the meaning of life. And that is true being, truly being spiritual. Now, what kind of things you can do when you play with a child, they can vary. But anything that involves some form of communication, interaction, that is relaxing, it's good. And children react differently to different activities. So it's not good to force a child to do something that inherently is not prepared to, is not motivated to. If your child is not into soccer or baseball or rabi, well then let him choose the activity. Maybe you can agree with him on one activity. And even though many parents like to take their children to the zoo, I don't think seeing animals in the cage is a good example of being with animals. It will be much more fulfilling if you take your child to an association that takes care of dogs or cats and you take your child to feed them. It will be much more meaningful to take your child to feed the ducks, as I've seen in Switzerland, for example. They do it often. It teaches them a very important value about life. You can t take your child to feed the birds, to feed homeless dogs. You can teach your child as well to feed homeless people. And all of these activities of uh, expanding love, of experiencing love with the world, will teach your child a very important lesson about life. Now, if you want your child to study the Bible, to do meditation, to study the Vedas or the Koran or any other religious book. You can, as well, 
But all of these things, including meditation, will have much more meaning for your child once he understands how life works. You will actually experience these things in a much more fulfilling way. If you do these things to your children, if you practice these things with them, if you be an example to them, if you grow with them, not just give them education, but also self-educate yourself through them, well, then, not only they grow, you also grow. You are setting a good example. And you are protecting them much more than what you could do in a physical way, or as a father or as a mother. Because you are giving them the foundation, spiritual, moral, intellectual, that allow them to be at their maximum potential in life. And your children will see suffering, they will see uh, misery, they will see hate, they will see crimes, and they will not feel any desire to be part of it. They will be able to build their own uh, moral castles. They will be able to carry their own sword of truth with them. And they will be able to protect themselves with a shield of love. And if they are well built in this way. Not just thought, but actually built out of experience. And there's nothing wrong with being spiritual and teaching your child how to fight. There's nothing wrong in protecting your child when you react to an aggression, verbal or physical. Because that is also part of life. Your child has to know how to protect himself in any circumstance. But more than that, he has to know how to avoid them. Because we may not be able to change the world in one generation or two or three, but we can be at our best. And that is what we do as parents, we do our best. That's all we can do, our best. And what I'm teaching you here is how you can do your best. You can actually use your creativity and your personal experience to expand from these principles that I've just shared and do much more. And that will be your best. And as you grow, so does your best grow with you. And your child will love you. Your child will appreciate you. Your child will recognize you and respect you for that. I've worked with many children that sometimes will tell them that I change them more than their own parents, that I give them more than their own parents. But the only thing I did actually for them because I was just a teacher, was to respect them and show them how life works. It was up to them to decide how they want to live. They, were, they are just children. Many of them were 6 to 10 years old. But in my words they saw what they could not understand before. And then they realized how life is and what their role is, and that meant a lot to them. After that, they were able to survive on their own, 
because I taught him how to learn, how to study alone. I taught him how to overcome their barriers, how to use a dictionary, how to search for books. I told him about respect, and sometimes they will say, I'm just a child. And I will tell them, well, if you are wise enough to search for video games, you are wise enough to search for books. Here is how it is done. They learn, they start to apply it. They started to study alone. Instead of asking me questions, they started to search for the answers themselves. They started using dictionaries, trying to find the meaning of the words. They started solving their own problems. And more than that, they started to help others. The children that I taught not only helped themselves, they also helped others. And that made them grow even more as child, as children. Because you see, they were at some point even helping their own teachers that will ask them, you were a bad student, you had many bad grades, how did you change so much? And they will tell them, I learned how to learn, I learned about how life works, and this is how it is done. And they will share the information, sometimes in front of their own class. I made children that were lonely and miserable and weak and prone to criminality in the future into leaders of society. Today these children are teenagers. In almost 10 years I'm sure they have changed a lot. But I also am very sure that they have never forgotten what I have given them. Because I build them in a way that cannot be disconstructed. Because I build them according to the rules of life. And I made them better persons. And nobody wants to be a worse person. So they took what I have given them and they build themselves out of it. But I have no idea where are most of them. I have no idea what they are doing today. I can only believe that they are doing their best as I've done their best. So I've done the best for them as well. This is what we all do. We do our best.